You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Another edition of Locked On ACC. Looking forward to having a great conversation with my Locked On Syracuse host, Tyler Aki, today. Want to remind you guys that, listen, if you are into the NFL, you're gearing up for a very exciting season, make sure that you join Locked On NFL Draft host Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis on the 2021 NFL Draft and look ahead at next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Tyler, I hope you've had a great start to your weekend. I hope Chicago is lovely and treating you nicely because there's a lot of things that have been going crazy around these parts these days. Yeah, no, it's been great out here. I mean, we're, we're hitting that mid summer. It's like yeah. 75, 80 every single day and can't really complain right now. And hey, these NBA playoffs have been awesome. I can't wait to talk about that. But how about the College World Series? You know, being from Chicago, you don't get a lot of college World Series buzz. But this mm-hmm. year, both on the, the Women's College World Series and then in baseball with the, the College World Series there down in Omaha, they've been fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, I've never been more drawn into the sport than I have this past year. Absolutely. Listen, we have two really solid ACC teams that are competing for a chance to get to the final two spots. But I want to just first talk about the fact that College World Series in general, we cannot not talk about that Vanderbilt Stanford game last night. I think that was for me the probably like, oh, damn, anything can happen in baseball. Truly, like you guys are going out there perfect. Brendan Beck was perfect all night. And then on a wild pitch, literally loses the game. Spencer Jones runs it in and uh, Vanderbilt wins six to five. And I would just love your thoughts on just watching it. Because, again, seeing perfection throughout the whole entire bad boy and seeing Vanderbilt come back. Now I'm starting to get a little nervous for my guys over at NC State. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's kind of similar to what happened in that Virginia game too, which I'm sure we'll hit on at some Mm -hmm. point. But it's amazing how watching these, you can be down four runs heading into the eighth, ninth, the other pitcher can look lights out. He can be, he can just have his stuff that night. And it almost means nothing because (laughs) sure, pitching is going to mean so much. And Vandy's got elite arms like Jack Leiter and like Kumar Rocker. But at the same time, if you start going through that order a third or fourth time, you can really do some damage and not just come back from a one or two run game. No, it can be four or five runs and you can be right back in the game and then give yourself a chance to, to win, which is exactly like what Vanderbilt did. And then you let the chaos ensue on a wild pitch and, <laughs> and you got the winning run crossing home plate. Absolutely. And listen, let's not forget the fact that Vanderbilt, their one loss came from NC State, and it was really because of one pitch. Like they say, all pitches, every single pitch matters. It was a lot of the conversation from the Commodores coach, and it absolutely did in that game. And now they're going to get this rematch. And NC State has had this dream season. Everyone's like, well, they never thought they would be there. They started at 1-8 in the season, all of this, you know, narrative. And you've got Vandy who cannot seem to shake just like, okay, we might be down, but we're never out. So you got two teams in front of you who who, of course, everyone just feels like it's their meant to be story. If you could predict, you know, who you think is going to take that game, who would you say? Which game is this? The the Vandy and State? Yeah, it's tough because I guess the 
the comforting part for NC State is if you lose, you're still in. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's some arms on that Vandy team. And listen, they've gotten the better of some really good arms throughout this entire college world series run. And I look at NC state and I mean, they just continue to overperform and Ryan McGee from ESPN wrote a great piece about how NC state has kind of become the darling of Omaha. And they just continue to overcome all these little hiccups and obstacles within their way. It doesn't matter who's on the Hill for the other team. They've they've overcome that. So it's tough to go against the Wolfpack right here because it feels like they have less to lose. Whereas you got a team like Vandy, the, the standard every year is that they are going to win the College World Series or, or be in that championship series. And that's a lot of pressure, especially when it's one and done for for Vanderbilt. That's very, very much true. And speaking of one and done, I want to talk about the potential elimination for Virginia, who has to play Texas. They're trying to fight for their last spot to play Mississippi State, who also had a very good run, 6-5 win over Virginia. They rallied back, and I would say they might be the Cinderella darlings who never count them out. And again, every single team can make its case for why their story is so much better than the other and why they is probably their time to shine. But I think that Mississippi State is probably probably trying to be like, all right, now I understand the narratives, but don't sleep on us. Right. And that's the the tough thing for Virginia now is the whole one and done aspect of everything. And you've got all that pressure built up. Now, they're also probably looking at this from the lens of, hey, we're unranked. We're playing with house money Mm -hmm. and we're having fun while we're here, too. So it's tough to some of those loose teams are the ones that that can go out and, and spark an upset. And now, now they've got a tough matchup against Texas. And uh, I, I look at this and Virginia, we kind of talked about it, but they had a no hitter going. And then all of a sudden back come the Bulldogs with six runs mm-hmm. heading into, I believe it was the eighth inning or seventh inning maybe, but it just shows how much these college world series can turn in those final two, three innings. It's, fascinating yeah i really don't understand how everything just shifts do guys get too comfortable and like let rest on their laurels or that's just literally how this game really goes metal bats metal bats that's what i'm (laughs) I'm, I'm gonna uh, i I don't know i don't know i'm just throwing a a little conspiracy out there but metal bats yeah listen okay throw it all out there because i don't but i also don't know how you can really stop a wild pitch i think that's just you know my poor guy in his (laughs) arm i'm sure he literally is going to relive that pitch for some time but it didn't it shouldn't have come down to that but man that's that's a tough way to go out he's a pac-12 pitcher of the year like that's that's a hard way to like end your career but also, why is he getting left out there? Like, mm. I get these guys are lights out, but I mean, you see it in the MLB and in minor league baseball where guys will go through an order three times. And then, yeah, everyone, the, the hitters are so good at recalibrating and recalculating and they, they can pick up on you that third or fourth time through. I don't get why the college baseball has been a little slower to adapt. Now I get star pitching is it means a little bit more, I think, in, in college baseball than perhaps in in the MLB. But it's one of those things where it's like, well, you got to adapt mm-hmm. to the modern analytics that show that the third time and, and even, dare I say, fourth time through for some of these hitters, they're going to pick up on things. And that's when you start to see some of these rallies happen. Do you think we'll see an NC State-Virginia final? 
I do not. No, I, I just think there's there's too many. As much as I would like to to put on my ACC homer cap here, I, yeah. I just think there's a lot of hurdles uh, on both sides. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you're NC State, you don't want to have to to even though you have it's not an elimination game per se. You don't want to go up against this Vandy team again. Yeah. It, it's tough. It's yeah. really tough because they have so many good pitchers that okay you can like you won on what was it a one nothing game against vandy the first mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. and J- jack Leiter struck out 15 of your guys through eight innings yeah. i remember seeing that kid i, I was working in, in the cape cod league and obviously al Leiter is his father and al Leiter would go and speak to our particular team every single year and the year i was there he brought his son jack he had to have been 16 years old then maybe 17 something like that but he was going through the college process mm-hmm and I'll tell you what, he threw a bullpen. That curveball moves the same way it did then. Like, it, it is, yeah. I, and this is me. I, I can't hit out of a, a batting cage right now, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know how anyone would touch that thing. Right. And he was 16 years old spinning that thing, too. That's incredible. And we all know that, you know, NC State is going to have to have a perfect game in order to beat Vandy because they did. I want they didn't get lucky because in the, the day they play the game. Right. But I do agree that it's going to take some sort of miracle. But that could be the story. I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. I say all that to say I really am enjoying the experience because we get to see some great teams and some really good storylines throughout. I want to remind you guys that how does your favorite restaurant consistently make delicious food the short answer they have access to the right kitchen tools with made ends professional quality cookware and kitchenware anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home if you're serious about cooking you should invest in your kitchen tools made ends cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs i tried their wine glasses which has nothing to do with cookware but man oh man they definitely assisted with my cooking for the night. If quality and craftsmanship is important to you, you should check out Made In. Made In is cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, and wine glasses. Right now, Made In is offering listeners 15% off your first order with promo code locked on. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made In products. Go to madeincookware.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on. All right, so we are talking about some College World Series. We don't want to be ACC homers here, but switching gears and we're talking about some NBA playoffs. And I haven't had a team for this playoff series. Honestly, I'm a Spurs fan and they just they've been stinking it up. I think it's time for Pop to go ahead and retire. But oh, you're you know, gonna push him out the door case <laughs> style, huh? I think it might be that time. I, I like it's okay. It's okay that you haven't shifted with it. You know, that's just a whole nother story. I think he can't retire now because he's got USA basketball. He's facts. got to do the the USA thing this summer. But after that. I think, yeah, you might get the farewell tour. Yeah. How he, I think ever since the Kawhi situation, I just been like, I, I don't understand Kawhi. Cause that's my, that was my guy. Right. But then more importantly, mm-hmm. pop in like the relationship. I'm like, I know they love each other, but I'm just like, what, what we got going on here. So there was that all that to say, I had a team I needed to pick. And so for these playoffs, you know, I had to do this 
work with um, one of the teams, the Knicks. And I was like, okay, I'm a root for them. And of course they got out the first round. So I was like, okay, I need a new team. And so I was like, let me just stick with the people that kind of eliminated them. So I've been kind of feeling the Hawks. I'm not really a big Trey Young fan, but of course, you know, Wake Forest, I got my John Collins energy. And then the Suns, I really like Devin Booker. I'm not a huge CP3 fan. Can't even lie. Like I can't even hold you. Like I almost really? hate that. I do not like Chris Paul. I, that's that Carolina Wake rivalry. <laughs> I mean, we, I was going to say, John Collins, we don't shout out Wake Forest enough on this show. We don't. We don't. That dunk off the backboard, that was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, Trey Young, I know you said you're, you're not a huge Trey Young fan, but I mean, the way that he has played during these playoffs, I was thinking about this last night. Yeah. I think this new wave of guards might be more exciting than the ones that are right now in their thirties that are not on the way out, but they're mm-hmm. hitting their primes or like they're a year or two out of their quote unquote primes. But like the dames and the Stephs and the Russell Westbrooks, I love this new crop of you got Donovan Mitchell, Trey young, John mm-hmm. Moran, Luka Doncic. I think this new wave is going to be even better. Yeah. than the guys who are in their 30s or hovering around their 30s right now. I think Trey is cool. I just, like, you're too good to be, like, doing the things that you do when it comes to, like, drawing fouls. Like, you can actually just play the game and you'll be straight. Like, some guys, I think they need to, you know, CP3. You got to sell it a little bit more. But Trey Young, I'm like, you are you have a really quality play. You don't have to force the issue. And I guess that's my only, like, hiccup with him. But that's also, like, hiccups I have with guys who just don't hoop. Like, James Harden, just play. Like, like, you yeah, don't yeah. I, I get that. Dwayne Wade <laughs> used to be the same way too yeah, yeah i get that and i don't love that part of the game yeah. i know the nba is trying to do some stuff to get rid of it too yeah. but we'll see how it's enforced 100 percent. it's gonna be uh i don't think it's gonna be very well policed <laughs> but that's a whole other topic <laughs> so i was watching the philly and the hawks game the, the game seven and i was like of course uh, being a homer i was like i'm gonna root for danny green all that good stuff like but of course he got hurt so i'm like okay i'm really indifferent but once the hawks beat them in game seven in philly like you know what i might just mess around and go ahead and root for these hawks because they seem to be wanting to do it so last night they beat the milwaukee bucks in milwaukee 116 to 113 and you know this is supposed to be Giannis's time he has no Brooklyn Nets in the way and now I'm just sitting here scratching my head like all right my guy like this if there was ever a moment for you to get your first championship where you could prove like this is why I said in Milwaukee and all that good stuff this is the time but you know Drew Holidays and the Chris Middleton of the world who get so much pressure to be all-stars but not exactly like show up in all-star moments I'm a little bit confused so I I thought about this when that final shot was in the air for Milwaukee yesterday Mm -hmm. This is why we don't give Notre Dame responsibility, right? Like Pat Connaughton, what was that? Why was he even the option there? You had some time too, I feel feel like, to to maybe make an extra pass. That's not who I want taking that shot. I I get that. He, he's a, a solid shooter, but come on, you've got other options on that team, whether it's Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, you've got guys that, are born for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'll tell you what, I know Chris Middleton, (laughs) all-star. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it personally. I mean, if that is going to be the Robin to, to Giannis's Batman. Yeah. I mean, that Batmobile is not going very far down the road. (laughs) It's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you're going to need to stop and get a, get it looked at at some point because absolutely. I just don't see it. Like I get, he plays good defense and, and, but a lot of his, like everyone used to make the the argument with Devin Booker and even with like Zach Levine, empty calories. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I feel like Chris Middleton does on a good team. Yeah. And 
I look at him and you look at some of these games that the the Bucks lose. It's like, okay, Chris Middleton had 35 in a loss. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I feel like is always the disclaimer after a good Chris Middleton game is he did this <laughs> in a loss. Yeah, and yeah. it's almost like, who cares? Right. You, you let, you let your team hang around a little bit, but I, I'm fascinated by the series. I, I I'm with you. I've been ever since the Hawks took down the, the Knicks, I was like, all right, you know what? They might be good. Yeah. And they've just proven every step along the way that yes, the Hawks are indeed a good team. You have to take them seriously. And I think we, we've all seen the the Atlanta kind of debacle where in so many cases, so many of their teams, they can't quite get it together. And so that's why I'm like, okay, don't get too excited about them. But I'm trying to tell you, it's just something different. But it's like you said, new new guard play. I think it's just the way that Kevin Herter is really embracing this, like, I'm that white guy in Atlanta role. <laughs> you know, like, I think that's Do just... Do you see it. what they said about him, <laughs> uh, his teammates? How his teammate, I think it was John Collins that said it, but like when Kevin Herter is playing really well, they call him Kayvon instead of Kevin. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was like, that's very on brand for it. Like, he fits that, like, awkward white guy who grew up in Atlanta. All of a sudden, you know, he fits the mold of the story that they're trying to tell. So I appreciate that. I think that. the best video I've seen on the internet is Kevin Herter and they, it wasn't like a deep fake or anything, but they turned him into Rick Astley and they just Rick rolled everyone. <laughs> so uh, Kevin Herter, we're never going to give that up. And by the way, Kevin Herter, here, here's your little uh, ACC connection. You could say, oh yeah, he, he played at Maryland who used to be in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Kevin Herter should have been at Syracuse. Should have been at Syracuse, but yeah, uh, I think the, the recruiting violations got in the way of that. So there weren't mm-hmm. enough scholarships to offer him, but he came in and he torched Syracuse fans. I think he had like 500 family members cause he's from not quite the area, but close enough to the area. Um, but yeah, should have been at Syracuse. Yeah. But listen, also Bogdan Bogdanovich, like I just, first of all, I'm cheering for him because I love his name and (laughs) I think it's hilarious to be, I call him Bogdan Bogdan when I'm at home in my privacy (laughs) in my own home, because I'm just like, I think it's hilarious, but he, I'm sure people in Sacramento are kicking themselves. They're like, where the hell has this been? And like, who, who is this guy? But honestly, you know, trying to figure out how to stay healthy for these next couple games. The Hawks are my team that I think is going to have some trouble. But when it comes to West Western Conference Finals, the Suns are not playing around either. And I think that if you the Clippers don't figure out how to get Kawhi Leonard back, it's going to be a long road because Paul George is not that guy. <laughs> like you were talking about having guys like born, born for a certain moment. He was not. Not at all. I know that everyone points at the two free throws he missed at the end there, but he's missed some really important free throws. And this is a good free throw shooter. Yeah. I mean, they show the stats. He's hovering around 90%. So you figure when he's going to the line, he's hitting two. And if he misses the front end, you think he's hitting the back end. And right. I don't know what's going on. I get it. It's a lot of pressure when you are all of a sudden being thrust into the number one role. But that's part of what I thought made him so good when he was in Oklahoma City is there are yeah. games I'm watching and I'm rooting for Russell Westbrook to fall out. So I can watch Paul George work because he has been one of my favorite players ever since he's been in the NBA back when he was drafted by the Pacers. I love Paul George, but it's, it's been one of those things. It's tough to watch sometimes when he is thrust into that role in LA when he was doing it in Oklahoma city, I don't know if it was a pressure thing or maybe it was more of a, a regular season thing, but he just has not had it at times. Now he has had very good games. Like he's had games where he's going off for 35 or something as mm-hmm. well. But I think Kawhi, he, he makes the game so much easier 
for a Paul George. And, and I'd love yeah. to see Paul George lead a team, but I don't know if it's going to happen. A hundred percent agree. And I think it's just like, we talk about the mental component of games. Like I understand mental health is real. I acknowledge that to the fullest, but like, we also have to acknowledge that there's some people who are born from certain said moments who like thrive off of that type of pressure and who excel at that type of pressure. And he just can't seem to do that. And that's such an unfortunate, fortunate state because I, I feel like if he was able to beat the Suns without a Kawhi Leonard, we'd have to stop all the negative talk about Paul George. Like, you can know if he's able to pull this off. But unfortunately, I just don't have that confidence in him. Like, I don't see that happening. I don't know. I mean, he's going to need all the other parts to kind of help him out. <laughs> yeah. I would listen. It's going to be one of those things. I'm going to walk blindly into the sun with it because mm. I am just such a big Paul George fan. I think I'm almost to the point of irrational with it, <laughs> but I, I just, I, I love his game. I find it to be super smooth. I, I get why there's hate out there for it, mm -hmm. but I just kind of put my tinfoil hat on when that part happens. So <laughs> I think I will say first, this though. You're the first person I think I've ever heard say that like, like Paul George, like very seriously. Really? I, yes. And like, not everyone even always like, asks, like, you go hard for When people ask me <laughs> who my like three or five favorite players are in the NBA, mm -hmm. it, it's weird because the first name out of my mouth is always Paul George. And That's crazy. He, he is he is the one of my favorite players in the NBA. And in talking with some guys, like I remember when I was at Syracuse and, and O'Shea Brissett, I was like, hey, man, mm -hmm. like your game really reminds me of Jimmy Butler. I was like, did you watch a lot of Jimmy Butler growing up? He's like, yeah, like I like Jimmy, but my guy is PG. Mm -hmm. And you could see. I, like a lot of the, the players, they wear the PGs and all that stuff. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, the, the Kyrie's break, I, I'm sorry, Candace, but that, <laughs> that Duke infrastructure, like it's not there sometimes, but Fresno state, they, they can hang, they can hang. <laughs> Listen, we saw that uh shoe break, the shoe scandal ever since that Zion game. And we know that uh, Nikes aren't the most dirty bad boys, but I, I agree. You're not going to get any, uh, <laughs> pushback from me on that one that's for damn certain but I do I would love to have a conversation speaking of the Zions and the Kyries of the world I know in my heart of hearts there were some things going on at Duke some NCAA issues maybe on under the table and I would love to get your thoughts because we all know we have some recent lawsuits coming out some conversations around whether or not you know there's a strong future for athletes to get paid and so I want to pick that up and hear Tyler's opinion but first I want to remind you guys that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors for a limited time that are super good. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, all sound so, so delicious with 18 amazing flavors, 100% covered in chocolate. Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're looking to get toned, you're looking to get ripe for the summer, there is no better time than right now. Don't miss on your opportunity to get the one you love. Hey, if you're trying to get on this fitness journey together, get Built Bar. Use promo code LOCK15 and you get 15% off your next order. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Follow them on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. Get the opportunity to buy into this great, great culture. Keep you nice and toned for all of your summertime and fitness needs. That's BuiltBar.com, LOCKED15 for the promo code and get 15% off your next order. 
So Tyler, I love your thoughts around the NCAA, how, you know, it's you see for athletes, because I've learned from having my conversation with Kenton, I'm no longer going to say the word student athletes, because I realize that that is a misnomer one, because they're, they are all students, you know, whatever. They're also athletes. They're just not one of the, like, whatever. It's the whole thing. And then it became a legal issue, I guess. Calling them student athletes was a way to not pay them or make the amateurism thing stick. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm really militant about it. <laughs> so I'm done saying student athletes. I want to talk about the athletes potentially making money in the long run. And the fact that, you know, yes, we had one ruling come down a little, like, pretty much in favor of the athlete situation, getting permissible benefits for academic reasons. So if an athlete needed a laptop, if they needed some sort of equipment, they wanted to travel abroad, those are the type of things that NCAA can no longer stop. We've also heard conversations where NCAA is about to um, release policies that will allow for NIL to really take form, especially in states that have allowed it. But I would love to know your thoughts around NCAA, how they're responding to this. Do you think as a complete crap show or okay are they getting it now we're starting to see actual stuff where we can see a strong future for compensation for athletes moving forward i think that supreme court ruling was a giant step in, mm -hmm. in the right direction now you can argue is this what the supreme court should be focusing on right now but that's a whole nother issue <laughs> but i when i think about how this is going to benefit the student athlete mm -hmm. it, it is I mean, you see it all the time, the, the shelf life for athletics and the shelf life of, of a lot of these athletes being in the spotlight is very short. Yeah, it, it can sometimes be gone in a year, as as many have seen happen. And that's why this is important for, for these kids, because you can say, oh, like the this player can do a car commercial or this player can sign autographs at the end of the day. That's a very small pool of players that can do that, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But what it comes down to is social media yeah. and how you can be an influencer and, and advertise certain products through your own social channels. That, to me, is going to be the biggest sort of shift in what we're going to see in the college athletics model. And quite frankly, it's overdue. Because yeah. let's say there's someone on campus who's not an athlete and they've got 100,000 followers on Instagram. Like they're, they can utilize that in any way they want. And yeah. guess what? There are, I mean, you think about the Zions of the world. Dude had over a million Instagram followers yeah. while he was in college. And yeah. you're just going to continue to see these numbers inflate and inflate as, as we continue to move further and further into this. And there's so many different avenues for it, whether it's YouTube, whether it's podcasting, whether it's just social media and, and brand influencing and all that stuff, it's going to boom. Yeah. And I know these schools are scared as hell of what the future holds, but right. this is what happens when the, uh, it's no fun when the rabbit's got the gun is, is the old saying goes. Absolutely. And listen, I look at people who are in the Olympics right now, you think of like Shakari, Shakari Richardson and you know, the other Olympians who are trying to make a name for themselves if they're at LSU, like, why wouldn't I be allowed to get it? This is like prime time for me to get endorsement opportunities and to sit here and just be like a regular old Joe Schmo when this is all said and done. You're not helping them set themselves up for future, especially because those type of athletes have to wait four years plus to get some sort of endorsement deal or whatever, what have you, to really be, you know, a big name. And 
guys come into the league, football, basketball, and some of them definitely have a not for long career. So teaching them how to market themselves in the best way possible to help ensure that they potentially elongate their careers or at least get their pockets looking nice by the time it's all said and done is a great step. And so to me, I see how the college programs are starting to teach them. I think it'll be interesting, you know, in terms of... I guess, priorities. So it sounds nice right now in the summer for football because like I got all the time in the world to learn about influencer marketing and influencer branding. But I feel like coaches are going to have the pushback being like, you know, you're so worried about your brand and all that kind of stuff. You're not worried about the game. And that's my only like hesitancy towards all of it that I, I hope doesn't take hold where like, you know, the high, the older people who don't get it are like, you know, you're not putting this as a, you're putting this as too high of a priority in what you're ultimately trying to do. Right. It ultimately, it looks like the, to, to make a football and NFL comparison here, but the whole Juju Smith Schuster doing mm-hmm. the TikTok dances on the logo, like <laughs> that's not what you want this to turn into. Yeah. But I also think that when you've got players that can do both and not let the off the field and influencing and all that stuff impact your play on the field that shows, especially if there's pro aspirations, that shows a lot Mm -hmm. of maturity and Mm -hmm. some off the field stuff too. I think that really helps in that department, but also, Hey, if your play starts to falter, guess what? The, the sports drink that you're advertising for, they might not want you anymore. And they might want the guy who has grinded his way up to the top because while you were off shooting commercials and doing photo shoots for whatever pair of shorts you're trying to to advertise, this other guy has been in the gym and now all of a sudden maybe the the shift goes there. And, And that's where it could get really tricky because then you start, who knows, maybe the jealousy factor plays in a little bit, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. ultimately if you want to be a successful school, you're not going to see the dividends maybe pay off in the next five years, but maybe in like 10, 15 years, yeah. you got to corner the market on three things with, with name, image, and likeness, education, how you're, how you're educating these players on what, to or how to manage their brands and all that stuff. Yeah. Marketing, you got to, this is going to be an entire department. Like we've seen how social media has become an entire department within athletics. Mm-hmm. Marketing is going to be next yeah. and how you can get the, your athletes out and, and expose them to the community. And three is money management because mm-hmm. all of these kids are going to see an influx of cash come in. And I'm sorry, if, all of that cash is just being recycled at, at the local bars. Like if, if all this is going to, he's not Candace, yeah. like <laughs> that's not good. Okay. Yeah. Like, sure. It's, it's nice to have a fun night, but yeah. at the end of the day, you have to educate these kids on how to manage the money. And that's why yes. I think there almost should be the equivalent of like a 401k for athletes mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and how you can put a little bit of all this money that's coming in, and put it in this little fund. School's going to take care of it. And whenever you want to pull it out, you can. But it has to be there. And there has to be some sort of program in place to make sure that, I mean, they make documentaries about this stuff, about the athletes that go broke. Yeah. And sometimes, actually, a lot of times, there's a way to work yourself out of that and prevent that from happening. And, and I think these schools need to be at the forefront of at least giving these kids the option to yeah. help them manage their money in this way. Well, Tyler, it sounds like you need to start a company. I'll join. Well, you got me sold. Let's do it. Let's do it. This is the future, though. Like for anyone yeah. listening, if you've got young kids, 
Or if you've got, or maybe you are someone in college right now, but college athlete marketing is yeah. that is going to be one of those next bit. I'm not saying it's like tech or anything. It's not going to be the Amazon and the, the Facebook and, and all that stuff and Apple, but it's going to be one of those little niche markets that if you can get ahead of the curve now, mm-hmm. you, you could be set up pretty well. Yeah. Moving forward. And very seriously. I don't know like, what I'm still doing here, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be the best athlete on the field to get the best marketing opportunities. Like I think no. it, it helps, but also like if you're a young lady and he's just like, you really have this great hair routine. Like those are the type of things you just got to figure out what yes. works for you and really run with that market. So I'm excited to see Listen, the creativity. Understand that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like the quarterback's going to make a ton of money off of this. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there are going to be so many athletes that you have never even heard of that are, if they were to put out an earnings list of the highest paid college athletes from endorsements, there's going to be a lot of athletes on there that you have never heard of. Listen, if the O-linemen don't have a pancake business by the time this is done, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) If you don't have a pancake (laughs) shop, if you've not invested in a Waffle House, you're doing this wrong, my guy. So I'm just trying to help these people. But Tyler, I appreciate your time. You know, as always, some very enlightening conversation. Please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work. We are on Locked On Syracuse every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So subscribe there wherever you get your podcasts. You can find the show at LO underscore Syracuse. And also you can find myself at Tyler AKI underscore. No doubt. And if you want to get all the sports news you need in the major sports, you got to listen to Peter Rukowski, host of Locked On Today podcast. He gives you all the latest news with the help of our local experts. You can download that on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in yet again for an enlightening conversation. Look forward to talking next week as we gear up for the NBA. We've got some draft lottery conversations. we got some draft picks. we got some people who thought there was going to be high picks and they're not quite looking too good. So we'll have all that conversation for you next week for Candace Cooper and Tyler Aki. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.